VoiceAmerica.com welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Welcome from sunny California. Today we have a very, very big, big marketing company on the line with us today. Very excited. We have joining us today from Emacs CEOs Peter Boutros and Brian Christofek. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here, Cindy. Nice to speak to you again. It's nice to... Peter, I've met you in person, but Brian, I didn't have the pleasure, did I? No, not yet. Okay, we're going to have to have another influencer dinner soon, so that way I get to meet with you and all the other friends of EMAC. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Why don't you talk about what each of you do and how you're connected to the big umbrella company? Brian, you can, you can take the lead on this one. Okay. Um, I'm the uh, president and CEO of Upshot, which is really the marketing services um, arm of EMAC Worldwide. And we focus on brand marketing, um, integrated promotion, retail marketing, and regional uh, marketing for clients like Procter & Gamble, Miller, Disney, uh, Finish Line, and uh, Family Dollar, to name a few. And you got a lot of press lately. Congratulations. Thank you. We read all about, you know, your sports, athletic shoe marketing, etc. Yeah, it just broke last weekend. I know. Well, we'll talk about that more a little later. And, Peter, why don't you take the stage right now for a second? At Cindy, I lead the, the company of EMAC called Logistics and Mega Worldwide. We have offices throughout Europe and Asia. We do a lot of manufacturing in uh, China. Uh, we have a significant representation in Los Angeles. Uh, and what we primarily do is we design, develop, and manufacture retail and promotional products and also packaging uh, on a global scale. Our clients uh, include Kellogg's, uh, Burger King, um, Frito-Lay, uh, Coles, uh, Macy's, uh, and a lot of others. Well, why don't you give my listeners an example of one of the promotions that you could talk about that you find, that was a fun promotion for you or a successful promotion, even though they're all successful and fun, I would suppose, in your area. But what, what breaks out that you can remember? Uh, right now, um, uh, right now in market uh, with Burger King, we have a huge campaign with the Simpsons, uh, where you can go online and you can Simpsonize yourself. Uh, you take a photo, you put it into the website, uh, and uh, you appear like a Simpsons character. That's and brilliant. That's, now, did you come up with that? Uh, the agency did with Burger King and a couple of other promotional and ad advertising agency partners. And, you know, timed, of course, to the movie. Absolutely. And that's what you have to think of in advance. What's coming? Probably about two years out or a year out, when you hear that something's going to be day and date, you have to start putting your thinking cap on, huh? Yeah, that's actually maybe as far out as 18 months to two years, frankly. Oh, it's, no, it's amazing. It's really a long time. Okay, now I'll go, I'll go back to some of the questions that, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be extemporaneous anymore. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Did I throw you off script? I'm so sorry. <laughs> have to do that. William Radio have to do that. Um, let's talk about the industry shaping trends that um, that you currently see in the marketing space today. Um, Cindy, I, I think there are two major trends, um, and they've been emerging. Uh, these aren't trends that are new, but they have been emerging. And um, the first trend that I'd like to speak about is. Uh, charity-based uh, programs. Uh, they are programs uh, where retailers or big brands want to attach themselves to a charity. Um, 
by doing so, they become part of the fabric of the community, whether it's a, a local charity with a local company or a national or global charity or uh, company. I'll give you an example, one that's very prolific and has been for some time, is if you think about Lance Armstrong. Uh, Lance attached himself, uh, rightly so, to the Cancer Council and, uh, and the, the bands, the yellow bands that uh, are worn by leaders and people uh, all over the world uh, with a promotional product around the wrist to reflect their association with that particular charity. So there you have a promotional product being used to support a charity. And it's community-based, ba- community it's visible, it's promotional. A- and it's relevant, and it's relevant for the time. Uh, and another trend that's uh, evolving is um, taking traditional toys and traditional products and um, bringing them far more uh, modern by adding a lot of electronic componentry to them. For example, um, you know, personal music devices will soon be seen on a mass scale, much more available to consumers uh, with all music already loaded into them, uh, given away um, uh, with purchase, as a gift with purchase. Um, so we're going to see a lot more electronic-based products built into old-style type of toys. A couple of examples of old-style toys is uh, one that caught my eye recently was a hula hoop with a built-in pedometer. Well, wow. that, 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 that product is an old-style toy with modern electronics, and that helps uh, promote health and wellness by, uh, you know, motivating activity in children. Oh, and I, I think that's great. So every, would you say that most toy marketers, toy makers, are always thinking about that electronic element when they're creating a toy today? I think they think more about involvement. Um, and if electronics uh, helps involvement, then so be it. But certainly today's children are far more media electronic savvy than any other generation before them. Uh, and so uh, electronics helps toys be relevant to children. But at the end of the day, the electronic componentry has to have involvement uh, from the children to be real value. And parents should always be involved with what their children are playing with anyway. And I'm sure, you know what, if it gets super electronic, I always am an advocate for parents' involvement and parents' interaction. We can't have the toys totally take over taking care of the kids. <laughs> um, because, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there. I think sometimes, you know, in what the industry calls lapware, you know, when the kids are sitting on the lap playing with electronic toys, it's just important to always remind everybody all the time that, you know, they're not replaceable as parents, are they? <laughs> um, how are brands able to meet their audience today with the proliferation of the Internet and, you know, DVRs and the overall increase in media sources? Well, um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, just to, to follow up on Peter's point on industry trends, I think it kind of, it kind of walks right into that question on how media is changing. But on the marketing services side, um, there are really a lot of trends that are that are shaping this, the uh, marketing services space. I think really everyone's struggling to redefine and reinvent themselves. Um, on the media side of things, mass media, and when I talk about mass media, I mean like television, radio, and print, is really being squeezed and money is flowing to a more fluid mix of high-tech, high-touch options. When I say high-tech, I mean things like the Internet, viral, mobile phones, podcasts. When I say high-touch, 
I mean more experiential touch points like pop-up retail, in-store experiences, event marketing, and as Peter was talking about, promotional products. Um, and overall, um, our advice to, to clients in terms of uh, addressing this is to really go towards more high-tech, high-touch options and, and touch points. TV, radio, print, they're still very important, the day, but the days of one TV buy, doing, all, doing the trick for everything are gone, and brands need to truly understand who their most important to their valuable customer is and talk to them on their terms. Um, consumers, they're ever-changing, and only when a brand can really keep up with that rapid change can they actually engage them. And when we talk about how do you address the change in the media dynamics, we, we really focus in on consumer engagement and creating ideas that capture uh, a consumer's attention, um, it's compelling, it's relevant to them, and really touches them emotionally. And then once they're engaged, you can start to change their attitudes about something and ultimately affect their behavior. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's something we really grapple with on a day-to-day basis. And um, I think the, the overall inclination is, okay, mass media is going away. But it's really not. The real question is, how do you use it effectively and then, you know, tap into consumers, how they want to be talked to, which is, you know, give me experiences, and then really keep up with technology because technology allows them to kind of control the dialogue, be it online or podcasts or DVRs, as you say. Well, you know what? It's not. It, it's true. It's not going away. A lot of people have their opinions about, you know, um, you know, TiVo taking away our ability to watch commercials and all of that kind of stuff. But the truth of the matter is, everything's just becoming multi-vertical, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could really talk to who you want to talk to by buying more specific targeted media to reach that person who uses that medium. And you know, I think that people that overgeneralize and Talk about the fact that advertising is going away. <laughs> it's so wrong. Yeah. And I'm sure that you come up against that a lot. It's just become different. It's become more targeted. We could get advertising on our mobile phones now. Um, and you know what? That kind of happened in the days when, um, you know, before everybody became Internet savvy or used the computers as much as they do today, um, I think that we found that magazine sales in the publishing community started to go down, not because of the Internet, but because people were using home entertainment. So yeah. what's happening today is we just have various different forms of getting the message. Would you say that's correct? Yeah, I think it, I mean, it, it's interesting because everyone talks to the DVR because it is having a prof- profound effect on things. But, you know, similar, uh, similar technologies are actually um, working in the other direction. If you think about video on demand, um, offered by you know companies like Comcast, where consumers are actually opting in, clicking on something, and watching like a five-minute video, which is basically an advertorial. Oh, it's exactly so what you get right. there is a completely engaged consumer. It's true. Well, listen, we have to take a break. See, this is going fast. Segment one is finished. <laughs> it wasn't so painful. We're going to go back to segment two. Stand by. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties, festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R A K N R O L L Entertainment.com. Or call 1 818 597 0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. Muscular Development presents Noble Radio, bringing you the latest news, gossip, and controversy from the world of bodybuilding. Uncensored, uncompromised, and unrestrained in true MD style. Hosted by the infamous muscle mob, Larry Pepe, John Romano, and Dave Palumbo. Welcome top IFBB professional bodybuilders, industry insiders, and characters you won't find anywhere else every week. Noble Radio broadcasts each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. If you've ever wondered what the Stern Show would sound like if Howard was a bodybuilding fan, then tune in and find out. Noble Radio, uncensored, uncompromised, unrestrained. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice, what if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back with the marketing leaders from EMAC. I'm very excited to have both of you on the show. And we have a lot of questions to get through. So, But you give such long, wonderful answers. So we have to entertain those too, don't we? <laughs> no, actually, no, that's long a compliment. Long wonderful, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, it's very educational. What will be the most important avenue for reaching out to tomorrow's consumer? We talked about all of the different you know, the variety of platforms that are available. So what's going to become most popular? How do you see the future? Well, Peter, I can, I can take the lead on this one. I think, you know, every consumer is different, but the avenue changing, I think changing the landscape the most has to be online, um, as evidenced by us being talking on an online radio station right now. Um, but I think where it's going overall is it's going to be increasingly more of a mobile proposition, if you think about um, the recent introduction of um, the iPhone, it really is a convergence of online platform in a mobile form. And if you think about some of the stuff happening with GPS and um, really taking online with you, it's really, I think, going beyond marketing to it's really going to start affecting consumers' behavior. The other one, though, as, as kind of I mentioned before, um, I think that is definitely going to be the biggest one, but the other one that's getting a lot of attention today and I think it will continue will, will be 
in store and really creating experiences for a consumer that are a little more entertaining and uh, richer retail environments and in the, at the same time kind of editing choices for them because there's so many choices out there. And let me ask you a question. There were, you know, I read the news a lot and, um, you know, it's part of what I do for a living. But you know what? I think that the in-store experience is important. Some of the, and you could help me debate this, you know, there's a lot of pundits out there who say it's going to, you know, it's, it interferes with the consumer. It's always in their face. So, you know, I don't think that's true, by the way. I'm just bringing it up because, you know, that's what people say. Yeah. And um, I think that the more programming becomes tailored for the in-store consumer, the more of an enjoyable experience it's going to be. So I just want to let you know, you know, it's not my opinion, and I'm interested in yours as well. Well, I think the um, you know the the problem today is there's too much choice out there. So so when I say that the in-store environment and experience is going to be more important as we move forward, it's going to be a different experience. It's going to be one that's more solution oriented, um, giving people different ways to um, solve solutions, be it you know, meal solutions at home or beauty regimens or whatnot, and in essence, kind of deselecting for them. So there's so much selection out there. Here's something that's going to benefit you, and we're going to give it to you in a clear, concise way that you can you can ultimately see the benefit in it versus um, where I think stuff was in the past, which is here is all the choice. Um, it's up to you. And as we all know, you go into certain retailers, that's overwhelming. No, it is. And some, I think everybody's just really, there's a lot of experimentation right now, too. Some things are going to work and some things are not going to work. When a person goes to the bathroom, I don't know if they're going to really want to. <laughs> I don't know if they're really going to be interested in, you know, watching programming. I, you know, it just, I think everything just has to be thought about and how does it work the best. I, you know, I, I know that you guys, EMAC, is, is friends with Access 360 and this is what Access 360 does for a living. Um, you know, going back to the same notion, I guess, that the iPhone is living proof that everything, can, every kind of media can be consolidated in your, ha- in your palm of your hand um, and relate to what's going on in an in-store programming, including text promotions, which will allow the buyer to maybe win some clothing while they're shopping at a journey. Sure. And, you know, I think that's real playful, and I think that, you know, in time it's going to become more and more of a shopping experience. But we did, we did see it happen a while ago with Disney and, you know, Warner Brothers stores, didn't we? At the very beginning, would you say that they were some of the first retailers that got involved in it? In terms of creating, I think, creating overall experiences and, and really taking really the, the excitement and, and experience of people visiting the parks and then translating that into, you know, tr- translating that vacation experience into a retail experience. Um, themed, enter- themed entertainment continues yeah. to evolve, and you guys are at the pulse of that. You know, you're ahead of the game. What do you, you know, what do you do to stay ahead of tomorrow's consumer? I mean, you have to do research. You have to do, I mean, you really have to examine very early out how the consumer is going to behave. There's no, um, there's no single answer for that, um, and I'd like to build on uh, what Brian's been talking about, um, the profound impact that online is having on products. Uh, and then we can get into what we do to stay ahead of tomorrow's consumer because it's all linked together, Cindy. Um, on products, 
what happens now is uh, something that we call mass customization. If you go back, uh, you know, 100 years to the model Ford, for example, you could have any color you wanted as long as it was black. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> uh, but what's happened today with highly targeted individual media, you can build your own product. And if you go onto, for example, BMW.com, you can choose your color online, the type of wheels, the type of leather, the type of finish, the type of steering wheel. And so it's mass customization. You don't even have to speak to a salesperson. And if, even if you look at the iPhone, and the iPhone's been um, talked about a lot on, on this program right now, but the iPhone allows for customization, personal customization. I'll have my music the way I want it. I'll have my contact list the way I want it, and I'll set up my web screens the way I want it. So that device allows for customization by that customer. Whereas in the past, you got a phone, and it was pre-programmed for you, and the way the manufacturer pre-programmed was the way you had to have it. So online has a profound impact today on the way products are designed, developed, and sold. So to help us stay ahead and stay abreast of what online is, uh, how online is impacting products, um, we have um, a group in our company called the Technovators. These are people who are solely involved in technovation, technology, and innovation. They meet with inventors, technologists all over the world to find out the latest hair-raising ideas and how do we commercialize those ideas uh, that really impact and benefit consumers. Uh, again, we're looking for mass customization uh, development where consumers can have products the way they want it. Well, it's interesting, and you know what? It's going to keep on evolving that way, isn't it? It's going to, every, the world is going to become um, customized, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I think, uh, you know, at Upshot, we take that, the proposition that, that Peter just talked about and really broaden that because, you know, everything we do, I think, is, is understanding consumers today and tomorrow. It's like the foundation of, of our business. And in our approach to really staying ahead of tomorrow's consumers um, is focused on understanding and planning, which, which I can sum up our, our approach is understanding consumers, their life, their behavior, and really how to contact them. And the way I look at that proposition is kind of like a funnel. At the top is, um, is life. In the middle, where it gets a little more narrow, is behavior. And at the bottom, where you actually touch the consumer, is um, is kind of contact. And when I talk about um, life, we just need, whenever we do any kind of marketing program, we need to understand the broadest context, context of a consumer's life. You know, how they live, work, play, what are the macro kind of, you know, overall consumer trends affecting them. And the way we do this is, is tap into some, some uh, internal sources um, we, and some external sources. We have a market intelligence group here called The Source, which really feeds the entire agency with information from Dow Jones and other industry publications and databases really on a daily basis. And then for the macro trends, we have research partners such as, you know, uh, GFK, Roper, Yanklovich, MRI, Teen Research Unlimited, Retail Net Group for Retail Stuff, um, so it really keeps everybody, you know, abreast of what's going on at the macro level. 
But then when we dig into an actual project with a client, um, we try to focus in on, on behavior, consumer's behavior, which is basically more specifically how a consumer interacts with a certain category or a product or, or a brand. It gets into usage, shopping behavior, message comprehension, that kind of stuff. And that's where we tap into our planning group, which uses more qualitative tools. And we try not to use just focus groups, but we'll do like peer workshops where husband-wife combinations or friend combinations come in and talk to each other. Um, ethnography. That's where so we'll hot. Go. Ethnography is very hot today. Talk yeah, about what that go. is for my listeners because they really don't know. <laughs> okay, ethnography is basically studying actual behavior. So to put that into context, you know, we're doing some stuff for Tide. Um, we'll actually go into a consumer's house, say, hey, where do you keep your Tide? How do you how do you how do you actually do your laundry and kind of go through their whole regimen, and then take the bridge to how they might shop for Tide? So we'll go shopping with them, or we'll give them a video camera and give them a, a you know hundred bucks to say go shopping, analyze what's in your cart, that kind of stuff. It's really interesting. I have friends. You may have heard of the Hypothesis Group, um, and they have some psychologists who you know really studied anthropology, and they were explaining to me that it's not. You know, when you go into the whole ethnography thing, it's very, very much an anthropo- anthropological study. Yeah. And um, I think that's fascinating. I, you know, the consumer doesn't understand how much goes into the development of a product, and I think it's all very good and very highly educated people. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's interesting because if you have a focus group, somebody like on credit cards, everyone in the room will say they don't carry any balance on their credit card. And then you look at the statements, and every single one of them does. Um, so <laughs> you really need to go out into the world and experience what they're experiencing, because a lot of times they don't mean to deceive marketers in these groups, but they just they, they're just not you know communicating in the right way. So we do a few different points of view, so we can work out the contradictions. Oh, I love it. We have to talk to you more about research in the future, but we have to take another break. See, segment two is done. Only two more to go. Let's take a break <laughs> and hear back from Brian and Peter. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties, festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L, entertainment.com, or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakn.rollentertainment.com. 
The ability to wield power, shape the environment and the outcome, and the desire to make things happen are essential characteristics of all great leaders. Explore the essence of leadership from an insider's point of view on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio, international coach, consultant, and advisor to leaders for over 20 years. Get the unvarnished inside story on how leaders in the spotlight take the critical decisions that deliver exceptional, real-world results and why they sometimes spectacularly and publicly fail as well. Tune into Leadership Intuitions for a behind-the-scenes look at what gets great leaders up in the morning and what keeps them up at night. Go beyond the conventional advice about what great leaders are and what they do and learn how to create your own personal legacy as a leader. Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio broadcasts each Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Now back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back, we're back, we're back, and I just want to let the both of you that Scott Donatin from Ad Age says hello. He was going to join us on our show today, but he went away for a very, very big birthday to Bora Bora or something like that. <laughs> but they all listen online, I have to tell you. <laughs> it's an amazing thing when, you know, an advertising reporter wants to, you know, keep on the pulse of things when they're traveling to Tahiti and Bora Bora, they listen to Voice America. <laughs> Hey, online customization, right? Right. <laughs> but um, Advertising Age has been a big supporter of EMAC and its divisions, and I, I think you know that, and he's a friend of of all of ours, and um, he's like, good day. Of course, God knows what time it is there. It's probably, what, he's on his fifth cocktail or something like that? Right. I don't know. But um, to continue what we were talking about, and it's all fascinating stuff, um, let's talk about viral marketing a little bit, because... You know, we just spoke about a proliferation of platforms, and there's so many different ways to relay a message, and not one way is obviously, you know, the proliferation is adapting to people's personal preferences. And, you know, is viral marketing sort of overrated then? <laughs> we, Cindy, we do, a, we do a lot of kind of word of mouth and, and viral marketing, and uh, I would definitely not say it's overrated. Um, it's. Uh, I think it's becoming more important to consumers, and for a couple of uh, reasons, actually becoming more infect, uh, effective for marketers. On the uh, on the consumer side of things, I think that consumers have become more and more suspicious of marketing messages and claims, and basically, with all their access to other people's opinions, they've they've put kind of a greater emphasis on recommendations from friends, family, colleagues, basically word of mouth. 
And I, I read something the other day that I thought was fascinating, which, which the way consumers are using word of mouth is with all this barrage of information, um, they're using word of mouth as a filter. Back to kind of where we were talking about at retail, there's all this information out there. They don't know how to sort through it. So what they're doing is using their friends and colleagues uh, to filter out what is a good message, what is a bad message, and what do they believe. Um, so I think it's definitely becoming more important for consumers. And on the effectiveness side for, for marketers, um, I think that we've gotten a lot more advanced in terms of how to create the right word-of-mouth message who the right people are to spread the message, and, and really how to amplify the message using all these new technologies we've been talking about. All right, so it's, it's very basic, really. Viral marketing isn't necessarily what a lot of people refer to, and they're not necessarily marketing experts, as you know, online marketing. It's really word of mouth, too, isn't it? I mean, water cooler conversation. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think viral, simply put, is word of mouth um, that is... Um, Basically, word of mouth content online that okay. then they can pass around. It might be too simplistic, but it's a really easy way to think about it. No, no, I, I think it's true. I think a lot of people misunderstand that, you know, when a consumer that's not in our business here is viral, you know, first of all, they don't know what it is. They think it's some kind of virus. <laughs> but a lot of people will then think that it's only something that's done online. But that's not really how it started. It's really the basic, you tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and they two tell, and yeah. so on and so on, right? Yeah, give them something uh, they care about, and then they'll share it with others. Exactly. It's creating some social currency, if you will. Social currency. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to continue to talk about Upshot a little bit, Brian. Um, Upshot was voted 21 out of 100 top agencies by Promo Magazine. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And number two in creative. What sets Upshot apart from the competition? Obviously, you're being recognized. What's the secret? Well, first of all, we're very uh, we're very happy with the ranking. Uh, it's great to be in the top 25, but, you know, I think it's uh, the way we look at it, it's better to be uh, good than big. So the number two creative output ranking is, is we're really proud of that. Um, I think what you know might sound trite, but really sets up shut apart is our people. Ultimately, that's where all of our ideas come from. And um, you know, there's a lot of talk about integrated marketing these days, and every it's kind of a uh, everyone needs to be integrated. But Upshot 14 years ago really started with that proposition. How can we be tactically neutral, integrated marketing agency and start with someone's marketing challenge and, and give them the, the right solution versus selling a spe- specific tactic. And yeah. so, yeah. you know, from the beginning, we, we went out and hired people from different personal and professional backgrounds. Um, so when we sat down on a project, we had different, unique and different perspectives, um, which really what comes out of that is a culture where the idea is what bubbles to the top. The idea is the king. And it really helps us, I think, with our um, our overall integrated marketing approach and our creativity. And as you probably noticed that, um, you know, I also think our focus on consumer understanding and really reaching for high-tech, high-touch um, executional solutions has really set us apart as well. And is Finish Line a great example of that? I think Finish Line is is a, is a very good example of that. We've been uh, uh, that campaign launched um, last weekend, and it's a combination of uh, television, so using some more mass media, um, as well as in-store 
web branding and even uh, kind of a direct mail catalog. Uh, the TV has been running on MTV, MTV2, and Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. Right. And then in-store basically rolled out uh, a whole new uh, in-store look to all 700 of their stores, and that affects the you know, the front windows, the store associates' wearables, the signage, and um, all the way down to the product assortment names. So instead of saying these are running shoes, we've got more emotionally uh, driven things like be bold, be quick, be fresh, which kind of relate to how people express themselves. And then the uh, you know the look and feel also went all the way down to the catalog. And I think, well, the thing that's very impressive is that the news pickup, um, you know, it just shows how successful you were. You know, obviously, the Wall Street Journal isn't going to cover stuff that doesn't have relevance. Yeah, it's, uh, I think the biggest thing it was, there was, there's so much sameness in that category. You go to a mall and you look at athletic shoe retailers. And they all kind of looked the same. Um, and what that did is, you know, got consumers to really start ignoring those stores and become completely indifferent to them. And um, so taking a more radical, uh, bigger step change, if you will, uh, approach, um, it's getting consumers' attention. And we don't know what the results are yet because it's only been out there a week, but hopefully it gets people to recognize the finish line brand versus just the brands within the store. Um, and gets them to uh, continue to go in there. No, I, I think that's true. And be heard. It, it, no, it's very, very clever. How soon can a retail retailer tell? I mean, obviously, how long does it take for measurements? I mean, I'm sure that it takes a while before you know the sneakers get sold off of the shelf. What's the determination time? Well, you know, I think you know we're looking at stuff you know every week. Um, and we'll probably get a good read two to four weeks into it. We're going to do some research, follow-up research, to, to see if it's resonating with consumers. So not just looking at sales, but looking at what the kind of the new brand's impact is on uh, what consumers think of the store. Right, right. No, I understand. I think that's fantastic. Um, we talk about um, 7-Eleven a little bit, too, with 7-Eleven morphing into quickie marks across the country, Harry Potter everywhere we turn, and Transformers in our lunchboxes. What's the future of feature film marketing? And we talked about the Simpsons. We touched upon that a little bit before. You know, in the past, uh, Cindy, um, studios, big studios would look to what we call promotional partners to help them promote their movies. And they do that for a number of reasons. Um, one of the main reasons is that um, big uh, QSR companies, uh, uh, fast food companies, packaged goods companies, they can get the movie property into the hands of consumers very quickly. And so it's a very effective way of communicating a movie uh, via the box or via a promotional uh, campaign with any partner. It also allows the studios to reduce their budgets um, uh, their marketing budgets because it's being done by their promotional partners. The promotional partners benefit because they've got a high appeal film property on their boxes, um, whether it's, you know, Spider-Man, Transformers, etc. They appear on their boxes, and that's what drives sales. Our role in all of that is to bring the uh, film properties to life through ingenious product. Our creative people, our product development people, They'll, they'll take that movie property and they've got a single-minded objective and that is to bring a film character to life 
and put it into a promotional campaign for children to enjoy right across the world. Um, I think this uh, trend is going to shift, and given um, the concerns of lobby groups about over-communicating over to children, I think studios are going to be far more selective uh, in who, who they choose as a promotional partner, uh, is that uh, manufacturer, that brand, relevant to the consumer and to the movie property? I also think that uh, the studios are going to be, have deeper relationships. In the past, they would, uh, they would uh, choose uh, a very broad selection of promotional partners. I think that strategy is going to change and become narrower but deeper. And uh, what you're seeing in 7-Eleven is certainly a deep relationship uh, with studio properties. And that's the trend that's going to continue. Uh, people are, were overwhelmed in the mid to late 90s, early 2000s uh, with too much uh, communication to kids. And, and so we just have to uh, bring that back. As, as a marketing industry, we have to recognize the role of mums and dads and, uh, you know, I'd like to talk, to talk about that a little further, if that's okay. No, it is okay. In fact, after we finish this, I'm going to wrap up the show, but I wanted, Peter, for you to, you know, proliferate and, and you know, talk about your thing a little bit, too. So, please. <laughs> you know, over the last uh, 20 years, there's been an evolution of the role of mom and dad in, in this business. You know, if you go back 20, 25 years, Cindy, uh, moms and dads really had no say in what was advertised and, and marketed to their children. No say at all. And it wasn't their fault and it wasn't anyone's fault, but it was more of ignorance on everyone's part. Um, they then went from no say to being the gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper is almost as bad as having no say because the gatekeeper, being mom and dad, told children they couldn't have something whereas the marketing organization said you can have something. So the, the gatekeeper role that mum and dad play was in direct conflict to what the children's desire was. So being a gatekeeper wasn't a good place for mum and dad either. Right, right. Where we're in now is, um, and certainly at Logistics and Mega, and, uh, and I know that Brian's doing this at Upshot, is we need to involve moms and dads in what the children's desires and decisions are. And we develop products and campaigns around involvement of mums and dads. But I believe there's one, one further evolution. And that is we are developing campaigns that allow mums and dads to be the enablers of uh, their children's products and marketing and advertising in terms of what they see and what they desire. So, in fact, mums and dads being the enabler is seen by the child as the mum and dad is the hero, not the brand or product. I know. I think, that's, I think that's brilliant. Well, listen, we're going to have to stop at that note, and we're going to have to wrap up the show. But I thank you for that, and I want to thank the EMAC people for joining the show. I think you're all terrific. Jim Holbrook and Rachel Sanders as well. Thank you so much, Brian and Peter. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Okay, listen to us online. You can download it whenever you want, okay? <laughs> all right. All right, take care, guys. Bye-bye. Tell one criminal I am everything you love to be. 
Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with CBR. Please come back next and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific time for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. We'll see you next week.